HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Cutting the Curd has been brought to you by Academy Opus Cassius. The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training in the heart of France. For more information, visit academy-mons.com. I'm Linda Palaccio, host of A Taste of the Past. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. This is Diane Stemple on Heritage Radio Network's Cutting the Curd. This week, I have the pleasure of talking with fellow Heritage Radio Network host, Jimmy Carone, author with Rachel Wharton of I Like Pig, Recipes and Inspiration from New York City's Pig Island. Hello. Hi, Diane. Thanks for having me on the show. You're very welcome. Is it uh, weird to be in not the host seat? Well, uh... You're a good host. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if I wasn't? Well, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, it's great to have you here. Um, you've certainly had a very tough month, and we'll talk about that at the end of the show. But let's focus on the book first. Is that okay with you? Yes. Okay. Um, I've done a few meat books on Cutting the Curd, even though it's a cheese show. But this is my very first ebook. Well, it, it was a quite a process doing the ebook. Um, it's based on an event that I produce called Pig Island, where mm-hmm. every year we get twenty five chefs and we buy pigs from New York farmers and we give give them the pigs. And the challenge is, what dish can you make? And it's it's more of a smorgasbord of different dishes, from soups to desserts to appetizers. So the idea is, you walk around, you're getting a full meal with different chefs' interpretation of of that whole pig. Okay, um, when did Pig Island start? Started in 2010. Um, I had been producing some some special food events like Taste of Tribeca, which was mm-hmm. actually my daughter's school fundraiser. Mm-hmm. And from that, I, I really got into producing food festivals. Mm-hmm. And um, Governor's Island had just kind of opened up to, to doing public events mm-hmm. that year. And uh, with my buddy Josh Ozersky, we produced the first big Metopia event. Mm-hmm. And um, Metopia being different than Pig Island? Yeah, Metopia. Josh Ozersky, um, for many years, had, had done his, a birthday party called Metopia, where he had a number of his chefs mm-hmm. each cooking, you know, whole, whole large format meats mm-hmm. you know, from lambs to, to cows and everything. Mm. And um, 
we had the chance to to produce a food event on Governor's Island, and, and he was one of the first people I talked to. So we said, let's collaborate, mm-hmm. and we we took his chefs and you know my know how of, of producing events, mm-hmm. and we made Metopia. And the, there was one thing that came up in, in that event is that I really wanted to have a focus on sustainable meat, mm-hmm. in particular working with you know small local farmers. Mm-hmm. So after we did Metopia, I had a talk with um, some people, and they said, let's let's do a real fully sustainable meat event. Mm-hmm. How to do that? Let's just buy pigs from farmers and give them to the chefs. Okay, so how did you get to Let's Do Chess Pig? That's a good question. Um, I think it's actually Josh Zersky joke that we should call an event Pig Island. So uh-huh. he, he, he coined the term. So then it was, okay, we're going to just serve pig. Well, it was, it was also that, that I was uh, close with some pig farmers. Uh, mm-hmm. Paul Dench-Layton of Violet Hill Farms, mm-hmm. the first year, provided almost all the pigs. And he okay. basically said to me, yes, he has a bumper crop of Oh, right. You write pigs. about that in the in the book that you, he had too many pigs and needed to do something with yeah, them. Yeah, f- fall was coming and it was and he wanted to he couldn't feed them all winter. So mm-hmm. you know he he harvested. It was them. time to eat them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how it was born. And you know we paid him for the pigs. You know, and like anything, it's like nothing's perfect, but we we, we pay the farmers for their pigs and mm-hmm. at, a, at a price that they f- feel is fair. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of become the whole point of the event is buying the pigs from them and giving them to the chefs. And right. Getting- and wouldn't you say pig has kind of, pork has just gotten very much more popular in the past couple of years? It has. I mean, there's a lot of other events. There's, there's bacon themes events. You know, mm-hmm. there's that Cochon 555 event. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think that we just keep focusing on the pig because it's, it's there's so many farmers gr- raising pigs. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a theme that we mm-hmm. have. <laughs> But it's, it's so many cultures, too. I mean, we, we have, you know, we've had Mexican chefs like Zarela Martinez. Mm-hmm. We have uh, chefs from a Greek restaurant in Queens called Avelia. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm Italian-American. Mm-hmm. So there's ever, so many cultures work with, you know, with pork. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how did the book idea evolve? And how did it come up as an idea for a book or an idea for an e-book? Well, that's a good good question. Um, but after the third year of Pig Island... Uh, I was starting to think of other ways to give back to the chefs to help raise the profile of the event. And uh, there's a, a writer-editor named Nick Fauschold who uh, was, at the time, he was the editor at Tasting Table. Mm-hmm. And he went off and started his own uh, line of, like, uh, you know, uh, apps and, mm-hmm. and things like that. It's like a online publishing. Mm-hmm. And we talked. He had made a great, great one called the Italian Pantry Kitchen app mm-hmm. with uh, Sarah Jenkins. Okay. And he had a model where he was going to do a, a Mexican one and, so, and other themes once he had set up the app. And I said, well, I'd like to do an app like that for Pig Island with the recipes. Mm-hmm. And he advised me that it was really expensive. Ah. And I wasn't really... To create, to pay someone to make an app? Yeah, to make a custom app mm-hmm. um, as he had done. Okay. So he, he told me to do an e-book and... Uh, it, it the price made sense. It, mm-hmm. It's you know there's a lot of online publishing formats. You know right. between five hundred seven hundred dollars you can get a really good online you know, <laughs> ebook once you have the content. Now is an ebook cheaper to produce because it's less interactive? So it's just you know you write it, you put it on there, and then people buy it. Yeah, I mean the typical ebook. Th- th- there's a lot of sites that you can go to. You, it's pretty much you just. Put in the, the copy and you put in your, your photos. Kind of like that old, remember there was Blogspot mm-hmm. 10 years ago, everybody mm-hmm. had their blog on blogspot.com. Mm-hmm. 
there, there are sites where it's similar to that, where you just kind of plug in okay. your, your copy, maybe pick the fonts. Mm-hmm. And what we did, though, we, 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 we went beyond that, though, because this was a two-year project. It wasn't... At first, I thought this would be easy. We're just going to put the recipes up. And, right. And uh, I, I've known Rachel Wharton a long time. I always loved working with her. Mm-hmm. And it was Nick Falschel who actually suggested her out of the blue. So that mm-hmm. made sense. And then, Even uh, though you knew her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was just cool coming from Nick that he recommended her. And, mm-hmm. and uh, then we went forward with the project. And we, and, and we, went, we picked our 25 favorite recipes uh-huh. from from the three, the first three years of the event. Mm-hmm. Of which there was quite a few. I mean, there's so many great people. Like, there are non-professional stuffs like Kathy Irway, mm-hmm. who um, did uh, like a, a, a bow with a roast pork, and mm-hmm. uh, we modified a lot of the recipes. I was going to well. ask about that. Is is the book um, all from Pig Island, but scaled down for home cooks? Yeah, I mean, there most of the recipes were made for Pig Island, and, and then Rachel did testing and, and made them for about four to six people. Okay, for, I was, was going to ask you who did the testing of the recipes. Yeah, Ra- Rachel did all that. Ah. She really threw herself into Now, I thought she's evil. a writer, too. She's a writer, too, but she did the recipe testing as well. Okay, so you did not. Well, we well we worked together, and that I, I actually You made picked up your some, favorites from Pig Island? And she did, too, but I, I also made up I created some other of my favorite recipes, too. Okay. So there's a couple in there. There's pasta with bacon. Right. That's really simple. For your simple. Uh, daughter's birthday parties? Yeah. <laughs> you cook it often? I, I used to. When I first opened Jimmy's Number 43, that, that was something when I had birthday parties, I would make this big. It's like you take um, you know, a little bacon for fat and some onions, mm-hmm. maybe a bay leaf, and you kind of just get it all golden. Mm-hmm. And then the, the key is you reduce a little beer into it. Mm-hmm. And then you just toss it with the pasta with fresh cream and butter. Mm-hmm. A little pe- pecorino cheese. The book made me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and the pictures. Now, the pictures, I want to ask about them. Is it easier to make food look good online? Like, are the photo shoots shorter or easier because everything looks so, so good on a screen? I'll tell you that uh, Rachel's boyfriend, John Taggart, did the photos and mm-hmm. did an unbelievable job. Mm-hmm. But he that was one of the bigger issues was, I think when, when they've, we were first approached the ebook. They were just going to plug in the copy and the photos, as I said. Uh-huh. But we ended up even having a designer designing designing the intros to each, you know, lettering of mm-hmm. the fonts. Mm-hmm. But John really wasn't happy with with uh, what what how his photos would look on that format. Okay. So instead, he he kind of he fancied put them, them in up a, in an Instagram format. Oh, okay. So that's because okay. so felt, that's why they look good. Yeah, because if you turn your phone. You know, it, yeah. it, it changes sizes. So it's the Instagram form is what he did. Oh, okay. I read it on a iPad, so I don't know what it would look like on a phone. Yeah, it, it's 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 the same. Okay, it's it's, it's a square shaped photos. But okay, I mean the the thing that's come up, we're now pitching for a print book, and we've talked to some publishers, and uh, Rachel's um, his uh, her agent David Patterson's working with us. So, mm-hmm. um, but but. One thing that came up is there's different type of photos. Right. So, like, a, a lot of these are more like set, you know, like, there's portraits of butchers. And right. there's some shots at farms. And mm-hmm. and, and those kind of shots, that's, that's what John does, because John was a Daily News photographer for a long time. And okay. Wall Street Journal okay. photographer. The, the one thing that um, we're going to have to modify is when, for a print book, we're going to uh, do close-ups of, of food shots. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of styling that 
um, more food styling. He's not familiar with, and that we haven't done. Okay, so I thought the food looked pretty good. Oh, I love his photos; <laughs> they're great. I mean, that's that was what was fun about doing the actual book. I mean, it just started as doing ebook, you know, the recipes. Mm-hmm. But we went on four field trips, and you know, the book's going to have a lot. The print book's going to have a lot more photos. Okay, so we went to. Uh, we stayed local in New York, but we went to the East Village Meat Market, which is one of my favorite places. Now, and, is that uh, the guys who have the um, head cut in half picture? Yeah. <laughs> now, that was a little, made me a little squeamish, that double head picture. And well, then later in the book, you say, uh, oh, yeah, it's better to cut the head in half to cook it in the pot. And was like, gross me out. <laughs> Well, that's part. Of, that's Sam Barbieri. So that's the other thing. Is it's like a community cookbook. Uh, Sam yeah. Barbieri. He owns Waterfront Ale House, but mm-hmm. he's also been a competitive barbecue guy for years. Yeah, and he's the one at, at every breakfast at at barbecue events. He would serve his head cheese uh-huh. with a, a Flemish red, a sour beer called Rodenbach. Uh huh. So oh, I'll eat head cheese. I just don't know <laughs> if I want to see the two heads in the pot, <laughs> the two yeah. half heads. <laughs> I guess you got to cut it in half. Right, right. Um, so what date is Pig Island this year? This year it'll be September 12th, 2015. And where is it? Well, the first three years it was on Governor's Island, and then we moved to Red Hook, the waterfront in Brooklyn. Okay. And um, we have Because you got bigger? Yeah, or we it's got easier bigger. to get to? Yeah, we, we, I love Governor's Island. I mean, there's, there's nothing like doing events there. It's so special. Mm-hmm. We just... We just we were ready for a change. We needed to have a place where we could have more access and drive in. Mm-hmm. The chefs wanted to be able to drive in more. Ah, uh, so and yeah. How right. do chefs get to Governor's Island? Governor's Island is it's it's doing events there is like a, it's a fantasy. It's just, <laughs> it's it's kind of like you you really get up early, you catch this ferry, and all the chefs are on the the boat together with their mm-hmm. trucks and rigs, mm-hmm. and, and you ride over, and then and then you kind of drive down this little lane to the mm-hmm. to the beautiful field, the Colonel's Row. Mm-hmm. I've been there once. It yeah, is a nice place. But the experience of, of setting up in the morning, it's 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 a it's it a, makes it's a dream. it arduous. It's arduous, but it's beautiful. It, oh, okay. it's kind of like wow, we're really in this together. Uh huh. And that's what it was—the spirit of Pig Island that we're, uh-huh. we're, all, we're all in this together. And, uh-huh. You know, then the, the chefs would start playing soccer while they, because we'd have to get there at seven in the morning, right? And then cook for a long time. Yeah, mostly. So it it, it, yeah. it was it was inspired by the idea of just going. The, the challenge was you going out to this island at the time it didn't have electricity, didn't have water, and so what would we do? Well, we'll bring grills and, and we'll cook. Mm-hmm. It doesn't sound that different from what you do in the country, right? It sounds like in, camping. Yeah, but we're in New York City. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Um, how and when? Oh, you told me wh- how Rachel got involved. Your editor. Now she's called editor, but it sounds like she was jack of all trades. Yeah, I think that Rachel's very modest. I mean, it's it's. I think she she wants me to get more credit than I deserve, but uh, you know, <laughs> she's really the co-author, the editor. Um, she fine-tuned all the recipes. Mm-hmm. She wrote you know a lot of the copy, and mm-hmm. you know, she's really she's been doing a lot of cookbooks. She's a real pro, and mm-hmm. to work with her is amazing. Plus, mm-hmm. we're friends, but. You know, she worked on Lou DiPaolo's book. Oh, I know. On the she, cheese front. He speaks very highly of her. And that's a book where if you, you start reading about they Little Italy. They went to Italy. Italy together. Oh, yeah. She got some great trips out yeah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you read about Little Italy in, in Lou DiPaolo's mm-hmm. book and then about mm-hmm. mozzarella making. And I've seen him make mozzarella for a demo. Mm-hmm. And talking about cheese, there's nothing like it when mm-hmm. it's just freshly made. Mm-hmm. So she's got she's got some great gigs. Yeah. She's working on another yeah. book, too. Uh a restaurant in Red Hook, uh, The Good Fork. Uh-huh. I, I, I don't know if there's a deal yet, but I know that, that she's working with the, that couple. Oh, great. So she's she's always got a couple books going on. She's a great 
Great mm-hmm. personal work with her. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend her. Yeah, she, I invited her to come on the show, but she's on a plane right now uh, coming back from visiting somebody. Yeah, I don't know where she is. But yeah, she would have loved to be here. Yeah, she's great. Um, okay, so how did you select the recipes? I mean, you know, I haven't been to Pig Island. Uh, or how many a year are there at Pig Island, and how varied are they? Well, I, I think that, number one, we wanted to have different parts of the pig represented. So okay. We, have, we, did, we maybe have two rib recipes, but it's not all about ribs. It's not all barbecue. Okay. In fact, the barbecue is only a small component of the event. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a, a photo essay with Sam Barbieri about it shows him preparing a half pig for competitive barbecue right. in, his, in his smoker. Um, so, this, you know, there's so many different parts of the pigs. We have, we have you know, a foot recipe, the head recipe, right. ribs, you know, sh- shoulder bacon, you know, every, every part we, we've used in, in some way. Mm-hmm. And you have the muffins, which I guess have sprinkled pork on yeah, them. Yeah, that, that was Heather Carlucci. The, the first two years we did Pig Island, uh, she just blew everyone away with her, um, the, the, like, maple glaze. Right, you know, sticky buns. Sticky buns with bacon on top. Whoa. And she would make, you know, she would definitely make enough that everyone could have one, but they uh-huh. would go so fast. In the morning. Yeah, she made like a thousand sticky buns <laughs> with bacon on top. So that's an example of dessert. Right. There, there's right. some chefs like um, Michael Jenkins from Butter. He's He's been in every year. Mm-hmm. And um, he all, he usually makes like three or four different dishes every year. Ah. And then we have a lot of collaborations. There are these guys called Revolving Danks. They're, the husband, Martin, is from Denmark. And he's mm-hmm. starting to produce in New York City uh, Copenhagen-style street street dogs, which mm-hmm. is going to sell wholesale. Okay. But he partnered with a ramen restaurant in Brooklyn called Desara. Mm-hmm. And they, they serve, like, open-faced moorboard and uh, then some ramen, too. Hmm. So Okay, uh, so you, you have know, a little bit of everything. Yeah, there's a lot of collaborations. It's like like uh, two years ago, Zarella Martinez and uh, Tyson Ho, who's got this great barbecue place mm-hmm. out here, Arrogant Swine. Mm-hmm. They collaborate right, right down the street. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of collaborations going on. Um, how much does Pig Island cost? Um, it, it's I think for like kind of like all inclusive. Eat what you want. It's the price has been good right now. The price we've we've got tickets like up. We haven't really launched them yet, but they're mm-hmm. available at eighty five dollars. Ah, but it's okay. really you know it's it's all you can eat. We're, all you can drink. All you can drink. This year we will also have whiskeys too. So we've, oh, we've beer had, and whiskey. We've had only New York State wine, beer, and cider, and now we're having uh, New York State whiskey. Oh, so too. many choices. Oh yeah, sounds great. What What is the time frame? Like, do people just get loaded? It's a, no, I don't think anybody gets loaded. You're out in the sun. The last year, I will say that you know we're at the the whims of weather. We had it was the hottest day of September and. 50 uh, years, 93 degrees, uh, and people were waiting for the f- the thunderstorm to come in, so everyone came early, and, and and we had a run on water. For some reason, we never, no one ever drinks water at these events, but they wanted water. Yeah. Huh. Okay, well, it's time for a break. Uh, we'll be back in a moment on Cutting the Curd. Listening to Daphne and Apollo by Odetta Hartman. This is Cutting the Curd on Heritage Radio Network. One ribbon bounding up her 
The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training for cheese professionals ready to move their careers to the next level. When you come to learn at the Academy, we instill our love for cheese, our expertise, and our experience so that you can support artisanal producers, impeccably care for the fine cheeses you carry, and serve your customers with skill and enthusiasm. We integrate hands-on practice, formal instruction, and classroom discussion in all of our courses. The Academy's programs are offered at the Mons Fromagerie in the heart of France, where cheese undergoes affinage and cheeses are received, prepared, and shipped. Several Mons retail shops are nearby. The surrounding countryside is the home to producers whose excellent cheeses are cared for by the Mons team. The Mons cheese business has more than 50 years' experience caring for and teaching about cheese in France, a country known as the source of some of the world's greatest cheeses, deepest cheese tradition, and the highest level of technological research and rigor in cheese making and ripening. The Academy has been recognized by the American Cheese Society as the first approved education center for those preparing for the certified cheese professional exam. Enroll now for Essential Foundations for Cheese Professionals or Affinage, the Art and Science of Maturing Cheese. For more information, visit www.academy-mons.com That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E dash M-O-N-S dot com. Certified Cheese Professional is a registered trademark of the American Cheese Society. Hi, it's Diane Stemple on Cutting the Curd, interviewing Jimmy Carboni on his book, Pig Island. I like pig. Whoops, I got it backwards. <laughs> anyway, I, one of the things I love about the book is the impromptu kind of social chef scene that sounds like it's going on behind the scenes. Could you tell us the story of how Elizabeth Shula came to the rescue a, a summer ago when there was a big pig and nobody to cook it? Well, that, that, that was the fun part of this book was summer 2013. We went on the road, and we, we went to Bobolink Farm in, in New Jersey, and we, we just did a lot of photo shoots um, you know, for a photo essay. So every summer I go up to Cooperstown for this big beer festival. Belgian comes to Cooperstown. So mm-hmm. our, our original Pig Island farmer, uh, Paul Dench-Layton from Violet Hill, has moved to that area. Mm-hmm. So we planned that, that he killed a pig, and we were going to have a pig roast on his farm uh, with some of the chefs who had come up. Two Belgian comes to Cooperstown from New York, like, like Tommy Chef Tommy Harder from Blind Tiger, mm-hmm. and it turned out it was just getting to be a lot more complicated than than we thought because we realized where he wanted us to do it was on top of the hill, which mm-hmm. he has a big farm. Mm-hmm. We only had shovels, so that we, we were going to dig a pit and all that. And kind of after the beer festival, we, we said, "Let's not really be so ambitious." <laughs> but at the same time, there, there's a, a great place in Brooklyn called Salty. Mm-hmm. which um, Elizabeth Shula was one of the founding chefs. Mm-hmm. And um, she had moved up to Cooperstown, and I only I only met her that week when I was up there. And um, she was running a little, uh, at the golf club up there, like a little lunch spot that was really great. And mm-hmm. they had an issue with with the water, and uh, they had to close. Mm. So it turned out that suddenly she was available on that Sunday. And, and her, her house had uh, like a little hearth and... Everything. So I, I went and picked up the pig from uh, Farmer Paul. Uh huh. Brought it to her place, and uh, we just kind of cut it up into different, you know, 
quarters and pieces, and we played around. It was really and fun. did a couple of different recipes with it. Yeah, and we kind of rigged up an old school smoker. Where, where, where when Paul came, we just we took a tripod with a with a big hook, and we, mm-hmm. we hung all the the pork belly, you know, over this fire and covered it with uh, aluminum mm-hmm. foil, so it kind of got smoked. Right. So it's kind of fun being, you know, that's. Now was this for guests or was it just for you guys? We, we like, made an impromptu party. Were you party. feeling frantic? The original idea was that originally <laughs> John and Rachel were going to come up and we were, mm-hmm. we were going to shoot it too as part mm-hmm. of the, the ebook. But again, it just got you know once you start traveling without a budget, uh, Cooperstown <laughs> didn't really work out. But I uh-huh. still had the pig, right? <laughs> and we we had some friends, from, and you had to cook it and eat it. And we had friends from Oma Gang, <laughs> and then she was new up, so she, she'd been up there a couple of years too. So it turned out to be a party, a Cooperstown party. We met a lot of the locals, a lot of people in the food scene up there. It sounded like from fun. The breweries. Oh yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the the book really has a little bit of everything. It's got beans. It's got the sticky buns. It's got pasta. It's got different pieces of pork. Um, one recipe was from Parish Hall, a restaurant that was in um, what's now the new egg from the old egg. Um, you're very Brooklyn inclusive. Can you talk about that a little? Well, G- George Weld and uh, Evan Hankser, Hanks- yeah. uh, his chef, they've been part of Pig Island since the first year. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, whether it was as Egg or, or Parish Hall, they're always one of the most popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember a couple years ago they made um, glass, kind of like Asian glass noodles, but out of the skin. Ooh. So there, there's some, not every chef gets the full pig. Some of them have particular, we'll let them, if they have a particular, you know, desire, like they just wanted pig skin. Mm-hmm. And they made an awesome dish. It was kind of like one of those glass noodle salads, mm-hmm. but it's, it, but the noodle was pieces of pig the fat. The noodle was actually pig fat. Yeah. With wow. some vegetables, that was pretty pretty. I don't I don't know which I can't remember which recipe is in the book because I okay. said we started this two mm-hmm. years ago. So yeah, well, what's amazing is you have totally adopted the nose to tail orientation in the book, and, and it seems like in the pork world, everybody will use anything. Yeah, I mean that's what it is like, and that's that's the whole point of doing this is 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 supporting the farmers and getting the chefs to to, to go a little out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just there's a lot of barbecue. This isn't a barbecue event. Right. And I'm not a barbecue right. guy. You know, okay. we, we do some barbecue events, mm-hmm. um, and then you, of course we have guys like Billy Durney from Hometown Barbecue who are real barbecue experts. Mm-hmm. He, he comes and does his barbecue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's good to branch out. Yeah, there, and there's like I said, there's so many different cuisines. I mean, Ra- Rachel was suggesting this year we, we go even more ethnic and get just mm-hmm. a wider range of chefs from different communities. You know, there's mm-hmm. West Indian. Yeah, that's there's a good there's idea. so many. Uh, Different communities in, in New York City. Yeah. Um, now, there was a photo essay of Patty Jackson's, is it Cochino? Codachino? Uh, Codachino. Codachino. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, she runs the newest Michelin star Brooklyn restaurant, or she got a store incredibly quickly. Um, but this is the typo. Oh, this tell me the, the typo. typo. Delaware and Hudson. Yes, is and not her restaurant. What is no, it? No, no. Her restaurant is, is Delaware, Delaware and Hudson. You have it called Humboldt and Jackson. Oh, my God. <laughs> which is a bar right near me in East Williamsburg. And you got it confused because of her name. You know, you're so right. <laughs> I think I actually caught that, too. It's kind of like the other thing with the ebook. We could go back and revise it. Yeah. But I think once it was out, right. I think we did, it, we did so many copy edits. That we just said, I, I didn't say it to anybody. I said, I'm not going to mention it. Well, you I read it. it twice and didn't 
didn't realize it because I think I call those two places each other's names all the time. Yeah. Well, let, <laughs> let me give a plug to Patty Jackson. So, yes, please do. First Delaware in Hudson I love her. I've, in I've Williamsburg. Only, yeah. It's the original egg space. Yes. It's it's a she really had a vision and it's amazing that she did it. It's it's a prefix, but it's like mm-hmm. this kind of like it's reasonable. Yeah, like mid Atlantic. Like maybe forty eight dollars for dinner. Yeah. Mid so kind of like American farm food, like Pennsylvania mid Atlantic mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. recipes, and and it's it's a, an amazing amount of really good food for mm-hmm. that. It's one of the best deals in the city. I think so. For that price. Yeah. And she's doing a great job over there. But uh, the, the Kodakina recipe goes back a number of years ago before mm-hmm. Pig Island. I don't know if it was a, a Castle Lake cook-off because we host a lot of other uh, mm-hmm. events at Jimmy's Number 43. Mm-hmm. But she made a Kodakino uh, kind of stewed and simmered. You kind of simmer. You know what? The Kodakino is like this big giant Tell sausage. our listeners what it is yeah. because we're cheese people. It's a it's a big <laughs> giant kind of like sausage type thing that's that's mm-hmm. rolled up in uh, okay. cheesecloth. Mm-hmm. And what you do is, is you know, it's whatever's in there. It's chopped, diced, mm-hmm. kind of like a classic sausage filling. Mm-hmm. Um, but you simmer it in, in the bean broth. Okay. So, so as you're cooking the beans, you, you put the... What kind of beans? Uh, whatever beans you want. Okay. But, okay. you know, cannellini beans, white mm-hmm. beans. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're simmering the sausage in the cheesecloth in the, in the water with the beans as mm-hmm. they cook. So it cooks together. The flavor mm-hmm. uh, overlaps. And um, there's different ways to make it. But, but that's what Pat, Patty made. And mm-hmm. it was one of my favorite bean dishes ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really amazing. So we had her make that for um, the, the photo essay. Right. Right. And I'll give you an inside clue. Well, I shouldn't tell you. <laughs> oh, go please do, please do. Well, it, it's uh, we we even when we did the recipes, we stayed true and and like farmers like Michael Yezzi from Flying Pigs Farm mm-hmm. contributed um, different parts for the the photo shoots and for, and for the recipe testing. And uh, Patty had, I think she had gotten. We got delayed, so I think that the pork was sitting around a little too long. Oh. So we were when when she was making it, you know, it was we we didn't eat it. Let's put it that way. But <laughs> she did a great job. I shouldn't say that on the air. She ended up making pasta. Okay. But okay. she still she used all the parts that she needed, and I would check the recipe. It's an amazing recipe. Oh, okay. But, okay, it's a little bit adventuresome for me. Oh, here I have written in my notes about uh, the putting the two uh, pig heads in the pot. <laughs> which the quote is, um, if you're using a whole head, especially after seeing that picture, ask your butcher to split it in half anyway. It makes it much easier to fit it in the pot. <laughs> I like when you're reading the the notes from from the ebook. It sounds pretty good. <laughs> oh, good, good. Yeah. Well, we'll have a reading. We'll that's reading. Sam Barbier's recipe, and uh, mm-hmm. you know you, you gotta gotta fit it in the pot, right? You know? Right. One small criticism I have for a not-so-adventuresome cook, I'd like to know how long the recipes are going to take at the top. You know, That's how, a great point. You know, because is it going to take three days with prep? Is it going to take, you know, does it have to sit in the refrigerator getting it well, rubbed? My recipes, Jimmy Carboni's recipes take about 10 minutes <laughs> oh, to make. Okay. A little bacon and <laughs> pasta and, you know. And some of them are more, definitely more elaborate. Mm-hmm. We, we were on uh, Sharp and Hot with Emily Peterson mm-hmm. a couple of months ago, and Sam Barbieri came on, and mm-hmm. she actually did something really cool. She uh, she made step by step the the head cheese recipe, and she kind of mm. uh, t- tweeted about it. 
Oh, okay. And she even called in her, her friend, the butcher, in her hometown and put in the order for the pig's head. Oh, great. Yeah, great. so that's, that's, that's kind mm-hmm. of a caught on, that, that recipe. Oh, cool. And um, I guess you should make, there's a guy out in San Francisco, Chris Cosentino. I remember years ago I saw a video he did mm-hmm. make, making head cheese mm-hmm. or a test, testa. Right, right. And uh, I don't know. It's, it catches people's fancy. Well, it's, it's like old world. You know, mm-hmm. even at the East Village Meat Market, they have their version of head cheese. Right. You know, um, Sam makes so many different, he makes different rillettes and, and, mm-hmm. and pâtés. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's another, we don't really go into the charcuterie. And, and that's something happened right. in New York State that's really big. Mm-hmm. You know, Glenwood, which uh, it's a nonprofit in the Hudson Valley, they really got behind apples and added value and created Cider Week. And now they're doing something. They're, they're training a, a bunch of pig farmers, how to making them more aware of charcuterie and what mm-hmm. they can do. Mm. So I think that's going to be the next movement. So we don't really have so much charcuterie at Pig Island nor in the book. Right. I think there's a lot of books about charcuterie. Yeah. But, but uh, we did include the head cheese. Okay. Um, now, one other thing I was wondering, many of the recipes say just use your favorite sauce or rub. And I feel like that might not be a good idea. People might just go to the grocery store and pick some stupid, you know, sauce, and it might not it might not make it as good as the chefs would. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point. You know, may, maybe that was a shortcut. Uh huh. Um, you include uh, somebody's grandmother's sauce, uh, sweet Hannah sauce, which is uh, Jesse Jones' grandmother. Yeah. So that's good. That's Jesse. But I, but I think you need more. I think like, I think specifics. we assume that. I mean, I, I know it's tough with cookbooks. I think we assume that that people have some, you know, sense of cooking. Right. To, to say that, but right. for example, not too long ago, I was in the East Village Meat Market, and a woman came in, and I know she really wanted. You could tell she wanted to learn how to cook, and she asked a very basic. It was like she, there was a pork chop, and she really didn't even know how to cook that. Mm-hmm. And she asked the butcher how to cook, and he told her to season it and put it in the mm-hmm. oven. Something very basic, right? But I, I, we forget that when you know when we're professionals and working in the right. industry, right. that there's a lot of people that if they grow up. You know, eating fast food, prepared foods. You know, you right. go to like a Whole Foods. What are people getting? They're getting the prepared foods or the frozen foods. That's what right. they order. Right. And uh, if you grew up that way, this generation, they, they may not know how to, to, to cook a right. pork chop. Right. And I think people coming back to high quality meat want to take care of it, want to make sure they're doing the right thing with it to make it worthwhile. Yeah, no, 100%. And they may not have been cooking all along with meat. Well, I think that people got a lot of people got scared away from meat. And I think mm-hmm. right now there's there's in the food world. I know a lot more people who say they're vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Like um, Karen Page just wrote her new book about it's it's a vegan Bible. Mm-hmm. You know, she's, mm-hmm. she she and, and, and Andrew Dornberg have written so many great books. Oh wow! Uh, this is the first one where it's, it's basically a vegetarian book. Well, Sorry, vegetarian or vegan? Yeah, I can't remember the name of it. I'm oh, so bad; okay. they'll kill me. But um. <laughs> And when when the ebook came out, I, I wrote to them and asked if they would, you know, either post a review or, mm-hmm. or comment on mm-hmm. on the Your I book. like pig. And she mm-hmm. said, "Well, but it doesn't seem right because now I'm really she's a really hardcore vegetarian, oh, wow. and it's, it's for health and other reasons. Mm-hmm. And I really respect her. But I, I'm saying I think that people that that have a vision of what purity should be and how mm-hmm. you know how important food is to the world and, and the ecosystem mm-hmm. and food you know for policy or whatever. I think that you know well raised." You know, meat is mm-hmm. good, and there's a, there's an animal welfare approved. There's a new label mm-hmm. that's starting to make sense to people because mm-hmm. it's really looking at. It's not just like a corporate label like certified mm-hmm. organic. Right. Right. It looks at everything from. Is it humane certified? Maybe? Uh, I think it's animal welfare oh, approved. Okay. So okay. it's it's not. 
the humane. I don't think humane should become in, in terms with raising animals. Okay. I think that you have those guidelines about, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to eat them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's mm-hmm. humane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, you don't like the choice of words. Yeah, I think. But, but animal welfare approved is, okay. is really the first. I think it's something that recognizes what happens on the farm mm-hmm. as and all the way to, to your plate. Right. Right. Um, well, I want to talk a little bit about... Um, you know, just getting back to reality, what's been going on in your neighborhood. I don't know if our listeners, I'm sure our listeners all know that Jimmy's number 43 was right next to the buildings that exploded in the East Village. How, um, what are the current concerns in your neighborhood as of now? Um, you know, it, it it's something I, I feel like I don't want to talk about anymore because okay. <laughs> it was, you know, the, the explosion was 10 feet from our kitchen and, know. you know, a quarter of a block came down. And you live buildings. there too. I live on on the same block, yeah. Yeah. And uh, the biggest issue was just it's a lot of people lost their homes, a lot of businesses right. were were burned, right? And um, it was a really rough time. But we we are back open, and I know that there's some groups. I know this week. How long have uh, you been open? We were only closed for a little over two weeks. Okay. And, and did you have an immediate like good turnout of people delighted to? There's there's been so many great people. Mm-hmm. There's some disaster uh, loans and mm-hmm. this. Un- Kiva.org got a, a loan from me really fast. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a s- slow money. People have backed that that group. Kiva.org. And okay. So there's a lot of but this group uh, Food Plus Tech Meetup is going to meet this Wednesday at, at Jimmy's, Jimmy's number forty three to, mm-hmm. to do a mini fundraiser and and they've told a lot of great stories about what we do and it's kind of why something like Pig Island came out is that ever since I opened Jimmy's number forty three we've always opened our, our doors to. You know, food nonprofit groups, right? Other and people. I think that needed help. I didn't even realize this, but the Food Plus Tech Meetup started in my back room. Oh, cool! You know? So yeah. there's a lot of great history uh-huh. that happens there, and and, and combine and see us because there's a lot of things we always hosted a number of slow food New York City events. Now mm-hmm. we're doing a monthly uh, cocktail classic uh, mm-hmm. tasting with Slow Food NYC mm-hmm. again because there's so many great new. Mm-hmm. You, know, you let me spirit. do a cheese tasting for a 3D cheese in your back room. Yeah. A long time ago, that yeah. was that was great. Yeah. In fact, talk talk about cheese cheese lovers. I'll give a plug to Ann Saxelby when uh, she first started her shop, Shaxelby mm-hmm. Cheesemongers. Um, I was introduced to her, and ever since then, so spring of two thousand six, pretty much the only cheese I bought for you, you left me at Murray's. Yeah, Jimmy's number forty three. <laughs> I used to go to Murray's, and and that was a real education. Just just getting only Northeast Farmstead cheeses. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a huge experience in my life, and I loved it. I love Ann. Mm-hmm. And we did a lot of things like, we would do crazy, I would do a $10 all-you-can-eat-and-drink. It would be like six-point and cheese. I mean, I don't know what I was thinking <laughs> in the beginning, but we brought in a lot of people. Okay, that's great. Is there anything our listeners can do to help? Well, I mean, ongoing, you know, when when something like that, that kind of disaster happens, it, it, if anything, it heightens just how perilous... <laughs> A lot of these old, everyone loves the village, they say the mm-hmm. village. Well, there's only a certain number of mom and pop stores left. And right. the, the number one thing we, we ask is, is go online, go to jimmysnumber43.com, buy gift certificates. Mm-hmm. You know, they're good forever. So it's I feel like it's a fair ask, mm-hmm. uh, or, and you get your full value. But buy our gift certificates. It's jimmysnumber43.com. Mm-hmm. Um, it keeps us going. We're getting into the slow season of the summer, you know, this mm-hmm. this whole part of our block's gone and hmm. you know people the summer's slow in the village summer slows down i mean all this yeah. all the school oh, there's a lot of students away. you know oh, right people right. go to the beach and things oh right and uh there's a big festival coming up it's the traditional saint george church ukrainian festival 
May 15th to 17th, and that's going to be working with the city. It's going to be an East Village's open event. Oh, nice. Where we're going to have uh, just try to get more people to come out to that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Jimmy. Um, he's also the host of Beer Sessions Radio on HeritageRadioNetwork.org and the author of the ebook I Like Pig, and it's been a pleasure to meet with you in person. Thanks for having me, Diane. Bye. Cheers. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.